Well, at this time, I'm going to let you know what we're going to be studying on Sundays the rest of the fall. We're going to introduce our, our new series. And so if you would take your Bibles or uh, uh, I suppose in some cases your phone if you use a Bible app there, but uh, your copy of the Scripture, because we will look at that, I want you to know where we're getting what we're going to talk about uh, from in the next few weeks. It's going to be an eight-part series. So two months, uh, we'll go uh, through the end of um, October probably, and uh, we're going to be talking about very practical things. We're going to talk about the one another teachings, uh, relational teachings from Scripture. The New Testament presents almost 40 different one another teachings where um, there's an instruction as to how you should relate to one another. And there's a history behind that with our church. Um, Back in 1979, uh, this church in March was officially started, incorporated. And then in December of 1979, um, a young man who was me, 26 years old, and his young wife, who was a little older than him, um, moved here with uh, their two little children who were about four and three or something like that and um, began to uh, be part of the ministry here. And I remember the first midweek study that we did as a little church um, in homes, of course, was to go through the one another teachings, believing that Relationships in a church are really important and that that was a good place to start uh, as um, a church ministry began. And so we studied the different one another uh, teachings. And I remember there was one of those uh, studies where we sat around the table at Sutton's house and we had a discussion about what we had been talking about. And the the consensus was that these one another teachings really should be one of the core values of this church as we began to organize and and determine what our core values, the most important things, were to us. And uh, that group that day around the table decided this had to be one of those core values, that we would strive to be one another people, people who practice those teachings in their relationships. And so that's how it started. And if you've been with us for a while, you know that there are always um, some kinds of studies going on or or sermon series almost every year that deal in some way with reminding us of these one another teachings, or at least some of them. Um, And you also know that there's always something in the back that you can grab a, a sheet or a card um, we have these cards, two-sided cards, that have the one another teachings on them. And I encourage you to have them on your refrigerators or as bookmarks in your Bible so you're always reminded visually of these one another relational teachings that are in Scripture. And so what we're going to do is today we're going to begin uh, another series on those teachings, uh, the one another's. And uh, well, let me just... Turn your attention to what you've been looking at here. Um, This is a graphic that we'll be using. 
I want to uh, use it to, first of all, give you the title of this series. It's going to be called The One Another's More Than Just Sunday Clothes. And uh, as you see there, we have uh, a closet full of clothes. might look like one of your closets. And uh, that will be the title. And each week, we'll talk about a different one another teaching. Um, we're going to talk about serving each other, serve one another. That'll be next week. We're going to talk about honoring one another. Uh, we're going to talk about bearing with one another. That's a tough one sometimes. We're going to talk about forgiving one another. We're going to talk about regarding one another as more important than yourself. We're going to talk about um, not lying to one another, being honest with one another. We're going to talk about using our gifts in ministering to one another. We'll talk about spurring one another on to love and good deeds. It'll end up being seven or eight of the 30-some one another teachings that we will talk about. But it'll be a different one each week. And I encourage you to come out for all of them. You know, don't be one of these people where you see next week it's going to be forgive one another and maybe skip that one. You know, uh, don't let that happen. Try to get in on all of them. All right. Because that's important. That's important. I want to give you this morning two thoughts that are the basis for this series so you know where I'm coming from. For the first one, Colossians chapter 3 and this picture, okay, present the first thought that this series comes from. So if you would turn to Colossians chapter 3. This picture isn't there just because it's a neat picture. Um, it's there for a purpose, and it comes out of Colossians chapter 3. So I want you to see this. Colossians 3, starting with verse 12. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, and here's the word, clothe yourselves. In other words, put on, like you would clothing, uh, dress yourself with, Paul says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, you'll notice there that the things Paul is saying we should clothe ourselves with, get dressed up with, are really one another teachings. Compassion. The Bible says we should show compassion to one another. Kindness. Be kind to one another. Humility. Be humble toward one another. 
gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and then over them all loving one another. So what Paul is saying really is that we are to clothe ourselves with the one another teachings. We're to wear these things. They should be part of us. And so that's kind of the concept that we're going to be using. But here's where the title comes in. When it says, one, the one another's more than just Sunday clothes. I think there are a lot of people who have closets like this in their homes. A lot of clothes hanging there. But they have tended to pick out their favorite two or three outfits that they feel the most comfortable in, and that's all they wear. Their closet is full of clothes, nice clothes. But they only wear about two or three that they're comfortable with. And the rest just sit there in the closet. Now I want you to see the next graphic. Notice the hangers are all empty. No clothes on the hangers. What's the idea there? Well, notice. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have been given a closet filled with the many one another teachings of Scripture. God's plan is not that we wear and practice only one or two of these teachings just on Sunday. His plan is that our closet would be empty because we are daily wearing and practicing all of these teachings in our relationships. We're wearing them all every day and practicing them in our relationships. You see, there are Christians, they'll take two or three of the one another teachings because they're the most comfortable with those. And to them, they're the easiest ones to practice in their relationships. But they leave all the other 30-some one another teachings in the closet. God didn't give us that whole wardrobe of one another's so that we would pick our two or three favorites and they're the only ones we practice and sometimes only on Sunday. Like this says, he gave us all of those one another principles so that we would wear them all and that every day our closet is empty because we are carrying around and practicing all. And hey folks, we live on the Iron Range. We're used to layers, right? Okay? In the Christian life, we need to take every one of these one another's off the hangers in our closet and have the layer look. Wear them all every day and practice them all because they're all needed. They're all important. And so Paul says, clothe yourselves with these. And so that's kind of where this uh, idea this year for the One Another series is coming from. Colossians 3, 
the idea of wearing all of these one another teachings and practicing them daily, not just two or three on Sunday morning. One other scripture that becomes a basis for this series, if you would turn to John 13. Colossians 3 and John 13 become the basis for what we're going to talk about. John chapter 13. Very important passage. I'm sure you're familiar with the the context, but I'll just remind you, this is in the section where Jesus is sharing the Passover meal with his disciples. They're in the upper room. Um, Later that night, he's going to be arrested, and it's going to lead to his crucifixion, which we're remembering this morning. But he's there in that room with his guys, his 12 disciples. And uh, as we'll see next week, he's already during the evening, washed their feet, done the servant thing. He has already um, shared the bread and the cup with them, talking about his death. He has already predicted that one of them is going to betray him. And Judas, the one who will do that, has left the room. He's gone out. And Jesus and the eleven are still sitting there. And I would guess this was a very serious, emotional evening for Jesus around the table with those special men. I have to believe that for Jesus this was serious. And he had some serious things to tell them because he was about to leave. He was going to die. He knew he was going to rise again, but 40 days after that he would leave. And so he comes to verse 33. He says this, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give to you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Those were important words that night from Jesus. He's serious. This was probably emotional. We can't hear his tone of voice. This is probably very emotional when he says, I'm leaving. And you can't come with me. We've been together three years, 24 hours a day, but you can't come with me. I'm leaving. And so his instruction then, which is a command, he says it is, right, is love one another. And in that moment, who is the one another? It's the 11 men sitting around the table, his followers. And he says, 
Guys, I'm leaving. You can't come. Here's what I command you to do. Love each other. Thomas loved John. James loved Peter. Love one another. And he says, this is a new commandment. And that's interesting because the Old Testament had already taught that you should love your neighbor as yourself, right? You should love. When Jesus was asked what what's the greatest command, he gave them two. He said the first was love God, but the second was what? He brought that teaching from the Old Testament into the conversation, and he said, love your neighbor as yourself. But now in the upper room, he says to these 11, I have a new command. Love one another. That sounds like the old one, doesn't it? But it's new in the sense that it has a totally different standard and pattern. Did you see it? Love one another as I have loved you, not as you love yourself. That was the other one. This is a new command. It has a brand new standard. He says, love one another as I have loved you. That's the kind of love I want you to have. An unconditional commitment to serve the best interests of one another. Agape, love. That's his command. And it's new because of the standard. And he says, if you do this, guys, if you will love each other like I love you, everyone around you will connect you to me. They will know you're my disciples. It becomes a sign, a proof of who you belong to and who you follow. If you love each other. Now notice, he's not saying here, love the world. Now there's teaching that you love everybody, right? Even your enemy. But here that night, he's saying one another. Love those others who follow me. Within the company of my followers, love each other. And the world will see that. And they will connect you to me and know you're my disciples. That was a really important command on a very serious and emotional night for Jesus. You have to believe his heart was really in that command. It was really in what he was saying. But then there's verse 36. Right after Jesus, and I'm sure it was silent as he's saying this, and right after he gives this command, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? I heard a little response from my wife here. There should have been a response from everybody. Isn't that rather odd? What's Peter doing? 
Peter, are you listening? He's going back to what Jesus said before he even gave the command, right? Verse 33, Jesus said, I am leaving you, and where I'm going, you can't come. And then the subject turns to this very important command to love each other like he loves so that the world will know they belong to him. And it's like Peter wasn't even listening. He's still thinking about, go where we can't come? Where's that? And uh, thankfully, Jesus is very patient, and he was patient with Peter. But this is a very common thing, and this is how it fits with this series that we're going to do. This is a very common thing for we Christians. We've been in the position that Jesus was in many times. Okay, If you're a parent, you've been in this position before that Jesus was in. I used, well, all five of my boys, when they got into fifth and sixth grade, I would take them on a dad and son overnighter somewhere, and that was when dad would do the talk, right? And uh, I remember one of my sons, we were sitting by the lake, and oh, it was hard for me to even bring the subject up, you know? But I got the nerve, and I, I began to talk to him about the subject, you know? Uh, sexuality and all that stuff, girls and all that. So I'm sitting there, shaking, and I'm trying to be really serious, and I'm sharing this serious stuff with, with my son. And he's list. I thought he was listening. He wasn't saying anything. And I finally got done, and I said, uh, and I won't name him, but I said, anything you want to ask me? And he says, yeah. Are there any crappies in this lake? I've got to believe that's how Jesus felt. I've just poured my heart out, my desire that they love each other like I love them so that the world will know they belong to me. And he's still wondering where I'm going. Did he even hear? And if you've ever led a Bible study, you've experienced what Jesus experienced. You know, you're studying a passage about sin and how important it is to deal with personal sin. And as the leader of the study, you you ask, are there any questions? What do you see here? And it never fails. Somebody in the group has been reading ahead and they've seen another passage that deals with the end times. And so they bring up a question about the end times. And it's like, wait a minute, are you even listening? We're talking about dealing with sin in our lives. Or you've been in a conversation with people, and you've, you've tried to be really open with them, confessing something that's going on in your life, a struggle that you need help with, and you've, you've shared this with them. And then there's a pause, there's a moment of silence. And finally, your friend speaks up and says, Did you hear the Twins game last night? 
And it's like, wait a minute, I'm sharing my heart with you. Are you even listening? You, you get the point? It's almost like that's what happened in the upper room. Jesus is sharing his heart, this new command, this new standard, love each other like I love you, and this will be a sign that's going to help people know that you are mine. And Peter is still back, distracted by, I'm going somewhere where you can't come. And friends, we do that all the time. And the danger of doing a series on the one another teachings is just that. We are familiar with them. If you've been around even part of these 42 years of this church, you've heard teachings on these often. Very familiar. We're not going to talk about things that are hard to understand. But let me predict. There will be many people every Sunday will go through the teaching on a particular one another truth and someone will be distracted. And their thoughts will be elsewhere. And they'll be reading ahead in the scripture or in a totally different chapter. And they will go out and live their life the next week like they never heard what was said. They never listened. Just like Peter. Friends, can we make a commitment to listen for eight weeks? Can we make a commitment to listen to what God wants to say to us about these relational teachings? Can we make a commitment to come here for the next seven Sundays and ask God not to distract us so that we can get what he's trying to say to us each week about our relationships? Can we do that? I'm asking for Seven more weeks. Can we listen? Let's not be like Peter. Get distracted and miss the whole point that Jesus is trying to tell us. So that's going to be the series. And those are the two scriptures it's based on. Loving each other like Jesus loved us so that people will know we belong to him. And the way you do that is you practice the one another's. That's how you love each other. And let's not get distracted. And we're going to see the one another's like clothing that God has filled our closets with. And we're going to be challenged not to just pick out two or three of them that are our favorite and the easiest to practice. And that's all we wear. And sometimes only on Sunday. But we're going to empty that closet every day. And we're going to put on the layers and we're going to wear every one of these one another teachings. And we're going to practice them. And really, this ties in with the Lord's Supper very well. Let me wrap this part up with 1 John Chapter 4, 1 John 4. Remember, Jesus' command was, love one another like I've loved you. 
This is what John says. He was there that night, by the way. <laughs> he was there. He was in the room. He heard that. Starting in verse 9. First John 4. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We are remembering love, friends. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. And Jesus loved us so much he went to the cross and took our place and was judged for our sins, paid our penalty. That forgiveness might be available to we sinners. And that's what John's talking about. He says, this was love. This was a demonstration of God's love. And so he says in verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us in this way, we also ought to love one another. There it is, love one another. Because of God's love for us through Jesus, we are to love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. So I think coming to the Lord's table is a great way to prepare for this series. When you come to the table... Remember the love of Jesus for you, that he would pay for your sins. Thank him for that love and for the forgiveness that you've experienced because you acknowledged those sins, sought his forgiveness, and trusted him. For salvation. And then could you add one more thing when you're at the table? Remember his love for you at the cross. Thank him for it. But could you also commit to him that you will listen the next seven weeks so that because of his great love for you, you would in turn love others? Let's pray. We're going to do a little more worship to prepare us to come to the table. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your love in sending him. Thank you for the love that he practiced, that he showed to all when he was here. Thank you for his clear instruction to his followers before he left. We understand it, Lord. We're to love each other. We're to love each other the way Jesus loved. Father, I pray that as hard as that can be sometimes, that perhaps in your providence and timing, this is the right time. These seven weeks are exactly the right time for many of us to hear these teachings again. 
Father, help us to listen. Help us not to be distracted. Help us to listen. And help us to take these one another's off the hangers and wear them every day in our relationships with each other. That the world might know that we belong to you. Guide us as we prepare now to come to your table. Amen.